Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to 31 Days of Terror 2023, day number 29. And I have four spooky stories for you today. And story number one comes from Heidi. I'm currently 12, but my paranormal experience was in the summer of last year. I was on vacation and I was in South Carolina. On this day, I was going on a ghost tour on an aircraft carrier that was very old. I was pretty excited since I love ghost stories and I was also 11 so I feel like almost every 11-year-old would be excited about a ghost tour. Our tour guide was telling us about the history, but also talking about other paranormal experiences that have happened there and what was going on with certain areas. My uncle Tony and cousin Adeline would sometimes jokingly tap me on the shoulder and say that they didn't, but they did and they were just kidding around and trying to freak me out. We were about halfway through and our tour guide was telling us some story about how this guy walked into this creepy area of the aircraft and then had some paranormal experience and the whole aircraft carrier had lights. But this area didn't, so we had to use our phone flashlights to see. We ended up going down this hallway and my stomach instantly started hurting. We started looking at this bed that was in bad shape. I was already scared because it was cold. I mean, we were in Charleston, which is an extremely hot place in North America, so that was freaking me out. But what was freaking me out worse was that I felt a hand touch the back of my leg. I thought it was just my Uncle Tony or Adeline messing around at me, but it wasn't. I quickly whipped my head around to look back at this long hallway with no one in it, but keep in mind the hallway was about 15 feet long. No one could have run fast enough to get out before I saw them. I told my family about the experience but I guess they didn't believe me but I was so scared because it was cold in that area. It was the beginning of July and when I'd been on the beach I was sweating. I think the cold part was a ghost. I still believe I had a paranormal experience. Well let me tell you Heidi who is 12 years old we believe you okay. I believe you the listeners at Real Life Ghost Stories they believe you too and thank you so much for taking the time to send in your story. When I was 11 years old, I would have been super excited about a ghost tour too. But not everybody's into ghost stuff, I think, you know? They do say that when you experience that icy coldness, that potentially it is because you are in the presence of something supernatural, something paranormal. And it seems like where you were was hot at the time. So it doesn't make sense that there would be sudden icy coldness. And then to feel something touching the back of your leg, it sounds like you were a lot braver than I would have been because I would have gone running, legging it. And they do say that places like aircraft carriers, etc, etc, that they're often pretty haunted for lots of different reasons. So it sounds like you had a pretty paranormal experience. 
And story number two comes from Zach. I'm writing to you to share a very small story from my family that just happened. My mom passed away on June the 12th, just seven days ago, at the age of 48, leaving behind my dad, me, 22, at the time of her death, but turned 23 four days later, my brother 21, my sister 18, and my littlest brother 12. This whole week has been a complete emotional blur, but some comfort has been given to our family in the form of dreams. On the second day after she passed, my dad, my sister, my brother and I were all sitting on our parents' bed having a little picnic of sorts before going to see her one last time. But my brother and dad both mentioned having a dream about her that night. My brother, who's 12, had a dream where they were at a football game and they were walking side by side to a concession stand for a snack. That was all he could remember. But my dad had a more interesting dream. In his dream, he said he got a call from mom and when he picked up, she asked, guess what I found? And that's when he woke up. My grandpa, my mom's dad, passed just six months prior in January, so I think that could have been what she was referring to. And then just last night, my little sister shared a dream that she had. In her dream, she walked into our parents' room and saw my mom laying on her bed like she would at any normal day. They started talking and my mom knew she was dead. My sister was telling my mom that she had gotten my mom's best friend's number and had been talking to her since she passed. My mom responded to my sister saying, Oh yeah, I heard about that. While I myself haven't had a dream yet, hopefully, it gives me comfort and joy that they experience these things and know that without a doubt she is still around. Three dreams is way too many coincidences just to be a coincidence. Zach, I'm so sorry for your loss and I'm so sorry for all of your family's loss. It does sound like you have been able to look after each other and being able to talk about your mom together, which I think is very important. But that obviously doesn't take away from the pain of losing your mom so young. And look, we've said it before. We'll say it again. Visitation dreams are so common. And I really do think there is something in them. You know, I think that visitation dreams are very important for the deceased loved one to be able to come back and just check in with their loved ones like maybe it's your mom's way of just checking in and being like hey I'm still here I'm still around I'm still looking out for you and maybe they come in dreams because we're more receptive in dreams than we would be in our waking hours again I'm so sorry for your loss but I'm glad that your mom has been able to find a way to come back and let you guys know that she's still around and I know that there are lots of people listening who will also get comfort and validation from your story Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, 
You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And story number three comes from Katie, whose story was told to her by her partner, Ian. As a young man, I served in the British Army. At one point in my early service, I was stationed at Barker Barracks, Paderborn in Germany. To begin with, the barracks seemed like any other barracks I'd been stationed at. Everything had its usual army drab finish and boring decor. I was allocated to a four-man room on the third floor, which I shared with 13 other serving soldiers. There was no talk at all of any ghostly or paranormal goings-on in the block which was a block built from basement with three accommodation floors and an attic. In every attic there was a small bar designated to each squadron within the regiment. In the basement there were troop rooms allocated as troop offices. The first strange going on I encountered was in the basement location while carrying out cleaning duties. I began to hear muffled erratic German speech. But every time I approached the door where I thought it was coming from the talking stopped. I could not say what was being spoken as my grip on the German language wasn't too good, but when I walked away, as much as ten paces, the muffled speech would begin again. It didn't sound like an argument, but there were definitely multiple voices. On one occasion when I approached the door, I heard the whisper, Shh! to hush the other voices. Once again, I investigated the room, but there was nobody there. The next week, I found myself on orders with the same duty, to clean and mop the basement area. Once again, from the bottom of the basement corridor, there were more German voices which I chose this time to ignore. As I needed to sweep it first before mopping, I left the mop and bucket at one end of the corridor and began to sweep the corridor. Making my way back towards the mop bucket, I had heard no noise, but when I reached the mop and bucket, it was overturned and the mop was on the ground. When I picked it back up, the muffled voices began again from the other end of the corridor. Now knowing this was not right, I became uneasy to the point where I hurried the job just to get out of there. It was after this that things began to escalate within my sleeping quarters. Between the times of 1 to 3am, I would suffer strange jolts like somebody kicking or pushing me from underneath my bed. At least three or four times during these hours. Nobody else was experiencing this as I asked the others if they had experienced anything and they had not. This continued until I was relieved to hear we were going on an exercise to a shooting range and would have some time off being awoken every night with these strange goings on. With the order of exercise came a kit list every soldier had to pack before exercise. Each soldier's kit is padlocked in lockers within their shared accommodation. Upon searching for my respirator, my gas mask, it was nowhere to be found. It wasn't in its usual pouch but in place of my gas mask was a spoon which was half worn away, scratched and heavily used and was not the type allocated to the soldiers or found in the mess room. I felt this was strange to say the least and was confused at how my gas mask could disappear from a padlocked locker by my bed. In order to receive a new gas mask, I had to report this potentially lost or stolen item to the quartermaster. When explaining to the queue I didn't have a clue where it might be, he asked if I still had or do I need a new respirator pouch also. I said no, I still have it, 
but look, I showed him the spoon that had been put in the place of my respirator. The Q was a more mature man, who must have had some knowledge of this old army base, and explained that during the time of World War II, this camp housed prisoners of war as well as forced Jewish labourers. He asked if I had taken notice of all the cobble laid around the camp. This I had noted, as we weren't allowed to operate our tanks on these cobbled restricted areas. He informed me that the Jewish workforce were forced to work here laying all of the cobbles and they were not given proper masonry tools and instead were given cutlery to use. The gas mask was never seen again and I left the spoon with the Q who seemed to have an interest in this kind of thing. After we returned from exercise, it was normal that the lads went out for a good few drinks in the local bars afterwards. On the first night, I was the last one back to my accommodation with the other three soldiers all sleeping in their beds. I undressed and got into bed and heard running water. At this moment, I realised the soldier opposite me who had the reputation for this kind of thing was urinating in his sleep. I pulled back my quilt and went to approach his bed space. When reaching down to wake up the urinating trooper, without touching his bedding myself, his quilt rose and uncovered him. I shot back in fright as I had not touched the bedding at all and then he seemed to bounce about a foot and a half off the bed and screamed, what's going on? I told him, you're pissing yourself and he said, who's under my bed? To which I replied, nobody is under your bed but he seemed to be experiencing the same weird goings on that I had also been experiencing. Being heavily drunk, he pulled the quilt back over and was out like a light. After that experience, I laid awake knowing the second I closed my eyes, I'd be awoken with the same forces underneath my bed and couldn't fathom how his bedding flew from his body without me touching it. Things were quiet for a few nights after that, until the evening of the Cambry celebrations. After a busy day, I returned to my room and I had a bit of a chit-chat with the lads and we all agreed it was lights-out time as we were shattered. The man nearest the light switch turned off the four strip lights in the room. The usual sounds of snoring and scratching ensued and all were asleep as I began to drift off myself. Once again I was awoken by the familiar bump under the bed. Only this time my attention was drawn to the window next to me where stood the shape of a hooded figure. I froze for a few seconds and it began to walk across both windows to the side of me. Its outline did not alter within the shape of the hanging blinds. As it almost reached the other end, I bolted from my bed and ran for the light switches to turn them on. While still staring at the dark hooded figure, it did not disappear nor diminish in contrast with the lights on. It only turned and began to walk in the direction that it came from. At this point I shouted, Fuck this! which awoke the three other soldiers in the room. As soon as they awoke, it seemed to turn again and hurry off beyond the window. I explained what I had seen to them and the reasoning I was not staying in this room anymore. I saw the queue the next day and told him all what had been going on and he said I wasn't the first person to have encountered this phenomenon or the bed bumps but it only seems to happen in the two rooms and the one next door to me was unoccupied. It was arranged that I moved accommodation. I found it strange the other soldiers hadn't had any experiences and nor did they for the rest of the time there. I was in my early 20s at the time and I still remember the image of the hooded figure now as vividly as when it first appeared some 25 years ago. That sounds absolutely terrifying and I can only imagine I've never been in the army.
not an army gal, none of my family have been in the army. I can only imagine that being in a barracks like that would be quite a masculine environment, quite a macho environment. And it would, in my brain, I would imagine that saying I'm actually really scared of this particular thing would take, it would take a lot to actually say that. Because I feel like people would just take the piss out of you for saying it in the first place. So you'd want to be pretty, pretty solid in your conviction that shit, something isn't right here to come out and say that. And I mean, I can't even begin to imagine the energy in that place. If you, first of all, have all of these soldiers during World War Two who are often really young lads, terrified, away from home and afraid, and then coupled with the abuse of the Jewish prisoners, the energy must have just been horrific. And I wonder if Ian was maybe just more sensitive to this type of thing than others. For whatever reason, who knows? I mean, to be hearing the muffled, erratic German speech in the first place, and then to have all that stuff happen, like with the banging underneath the bed, and to have his respirator removed and replaced with a really old spoon, which it seems potentially may have been used to cobble this particular area of the barracks, which in itself, I mean, that sentence is absolutely horrendous. But it sounds like that's potentially what what he found in his bag in replacement of of the respirator. And then finally to see this hooded figure, like, come on, that's so much. It sounds like something was really looking for your attention or for Ian's attention or, or, or maybe he just was more sensitive to it. I don't know. And also seeing the bedclothes being whipped off the other soldier in the room. And obviously there's a history of, of things like this happening in those rooms. You know, I, I just... Gives me the heebie-jeebies, the whole lot of it. Thank you so much to Heidi, Zach, Katie and to Ian for sending in your stories. Remember, if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com and if you are desperate for some extra spooky content, you can subscribe to the Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad-free. And on that note, I shall see you tomorrow.